Hello, and welcome back to Learn It From the Layman. I am Carl Christensen, joined tonight by Johnny, Dr. Johnny, uh, Matt, and Tim, I don't know Cox. You spoke that way too unconfidently. Yeah, I but, say I don't know with confidence. <laughs> We're all um, making great strides. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, uh, tonight is going to be a random fact episode. Um, we've had a lot of uh, specific um, and very niche episodes recently. Uh, our most recent one, if you haven't listened to our one with uh, um, Brent Christensen, who was the Chargé d'Affaires. Is that how you say that, Tim? Tim doesn't know either. Um, of Charge d'Affaires. Charge d'Affaires. Uh, oui. Yes, Tim, you're back. Yeah, just plug your okay. nose and you've got it. <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, that's how you say Charge d'Affaires of uh, ICAO, which is the International Civilian Aviation Organization. Um, so that was really interesting. Uh, tonight, we're just going to be talking about some some things, some interesting things we've learned recently. Uh, and no better way to start that than with me sharing with you the facts about the naked mole rat. <laughs> the <laughs> naked mole rat is uh, one of the more interesting uh, mammals for a couple reasons, uh, besides the fact that somehow got the name naked mole rat. Naked rat makes sense, and I guess naked mole makes sense, but a combination of naked mole rat, I guess if you see the picture, um, uh, naked mole maybe, right? But naked mole rats are super um, unique among uh, rat species because they live a long time. The average lifespan for naked mole rat, well, the, they can live up to 41 years. Uh, where most rats live a tenth of that, and so the um, the research that's been done into naked mole rats has found out that they are very resistant to lots of different uh, types of cancer. Um, they don't have the same; they just don't get disease in the same way that that most of their closest mammalian species do. And so uh, they've been doing research into longevity related to naked mole rats and been trying to take the genes from a naked mole rat and uh, splice them into mice genes to see if uh, we can lengthen lifespan based on the genetics of a naked mole rat. And a paper published recently uh, succeeded in doing that and mm -hmm. took... Um, Naked mole rat genes and extended lifespan in rats, uh, in mice, by a significant amount, uh, amount, and so they're hoping that this has some implication on future um, uh, ability to do something similar with humans. Obviously, that's ways out because we're not going to splice naked mole rat genes into humans, right? Uh, at least, Johnny, that's not what you're doing yet, right? Um, it 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 comes in all the vaccines now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, uh, point of order. To our more if it, gullible listeners, no, it doesn't. Right. Quick, spread that around. That's a good fact. Hey, and uh, just a point of order here: if a naked mole rat has genes, then it wasn't a naked mole rat to begin with. Oh my! That's true. 
That's what you deserve for this podcast, Carl. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that a lot of us are thinking right now, why would we want mice to live longer? (laughs) (laughs) Super mice. uh, The shredder. No, that's a rat. Oh, mice. Um, I don't know if we would need that on Earth. (laughs) Better mice than cockroaches. That's what I say. Yeah. Hey, I will say this on the on the topic of disease resistance and um, so naked mole rats, I believe, have developed that disease resistance uh, because they live in large colonies and the, you have evidence, well, examples of other um, large group dwelling mammals that the same thing is true. Bats, for example, are also known for carrying all sorts of diseases and having resistance and and, you know, it, so which is one reason why sometimes, um, you know, plagues jump over from bats into humans. Kind of a it's a breeding ground of of um, disease. Interesting. Well, thanks. Your mouth, Tim. <laughs> That's why I welcome all bats into my house. <laughs> you know, bats are cool. I mean. I wouldn't say no to a bat. <laughs> okay. Uh, next I fact. An interesting fact to go along with um, like rats and mice. Okay. So um, there are some really cool adaptations that uh, mice have made that allow them to live in the desert. So um, when you break down any type of carbohydrate, you actually produce water as a byproduct. So these mice, um, even though they don't drink any water, like in their entire lifetimes, they don't need to because they're producing enough water just from their breakdown of the food that they're eating to keep them hydrated, which is pretty wild. Wow. That's pretty cool. Uh, is that something that we can splice into humans as well? Um, no, because we are much larger. Sorry. So it can only well, be done kind of on a small scale, or at least to effectively um, make it not unnecessary to drink water. Yeah, exactly. It has to be a small animal to be able to do that, because the, the amount of water that you make from uh, metabolism is not a ton. And for a big you know, mammal like a human, we are breathing off a lot of water and we're losing a lot of water that way. Um, and then we lose water with sweat and urination and defecation and all the Asians <laughs> lose the water. All the Asians. <laughs> we just lost a substantial portion of our Caribbean listeners. <laughs> Not Haitians, Tim. Not Haitians. Asians. I will give it a fact about Haiti in just a bit. Oh, okay. Well, let's let's get to Matt first. Matt had one he wanted to share. Um, yeah, I, following up to that. Okay, so <laughs> uh, pirates and piratey type people. Who's the most famous pirate that you know of? Black Jack Sparrow. Can somebody say <laughs> but you Black have Jack? heard of it? <laughs> um, yeah, Blackbeard, Edward Teach. Um, yeah, Johnny, was that what you said? Yeah, I said Blackbeard. Yeah, so how many people did Blackbeard kill? 
Anybody Seven. know? Turns Two. out the wild and crazy fact is zero. What? Is never recorded as actually killing or even harming another person in any kind of verifiable document. Wow. What a yeah. right pirate. Well, and, and so this is the thing, is that pirates really preferred to use scare tactics to make a target surrender rather than actually fight them. Um, and most of the time, if they did end up fighting, it, well, it was terrible. Um, and so they would sail up to another ship, they would hoist the black flag, and the black flag meant, hey, just pull over, we're going to take some of your stuff, maybe not even all of your stuff, uh, but some of your stuff at least, and if you just don't resist, then everything will be fine. Uh, if they didn't do that, then the pirates would either disengage or they would throw up a red flag. And the red flag meant, all right, it's on. We're doing this. And, you know, no quarter given uh, all of that stuff. That was comparatively rare. Um, mm. But yeah, the, the thing is, most pirates didn't actually want to... Uh, to do piracy by force it was more by intimidation so the more you know the more you're able to resist old-timey pirates this reminds me of um uh, Bri uh princess bride the whole you know legend is the dwed uh, quiet Roberts. exactly <laughs> yeah it's gotta gotta feed the legend yep exactly but uh, yeah, we could do an entire podcast about pirate facts. Um, but most of those would be, and, and I have to give credit where credit's due on this. These are, are known things among pirate enthusiasts. If you do want to learn more, there's a great YouTube channel called, uh, I think it's Golden Gunpowder. And it's all about uh, pirate history. So check that guy out. He's, he's pretty good. Some... Uh, Swedish pirate enthusiast. <laughs> wow. That... Are there are lots of Swedish pirates. Wild Swedish and pirates. crazy fact number four. There's a <laughs> Swedish pirate enthusiast with a great YouTube channel. <laughs> are we at four? I don't even know where we're at here. Yeah, that's yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh I will add that to my list of pirate facts. Yeah, uh, it is. I will I will start a list of pirate facts. <laughs> that will be number one. Get on that. Okay, Tim, you had a fact about something. Yes, okay. So um, let's segue with pirates. The, you may have heard of the island of Tortuga. Um, as it turns out, Tortuga, a Caribbean island, and many of the other islands in the very southern edge of the Caribbean um, Sea are actually desert climates. Uh, when we think of the Caribbean, we think of, you know, tropical, um, how does the Beach Boys song go in this sand? You know, anyways, the, um, so, but yeah, for example, no, Tim, I'd like to hear more of, I'd like to hear more of that. Yeah, me too. Oh, I, I want to take you Bermuda. But, okay. Um, I was just kidding, Tim. <laughs> no, nobody wants to hear more. Nobody wants to hear more. <laughs> Never kid with it starts with Aruba. Can you try again? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, um, I'm going to stop because even I have to stop. We're going to get copyright bit. strikes on this, and they will be the least worthwhile copyright strikes in the history of not worthwhile copyright strikes. 
Well, Matt, to, for that to happen, it has to be a recognizable reproduction of the original. <laughs> and I, I don't think I achieved that. <laughs> I will begrudgingly give you that point. <laughs> <laughs> but so anyways, it, it's interesting. The, uh, a lot of times the, the uh, stereotypes that we assign to different regions and biomes are generally true. The Caribbean, as a rule, is a wet tropical climate, but there are subclimates and microclimates and, and variations. Um, for example, there's something called a, um, a, oh shoot, I just lost it, like a rain shadow or something. But it's, it's, uh, this happens in Hawaii, it happens um, actually in Haiti, um, where mountains on an island will, will catch the water and the the windward side of those mountains is lush and green it's dumping rain all the time but the uh i guess leeward am i right the the other end that's not blowing the wind is blowing past all the water is getting emptied by the mountain driving the air up it cools it condenses it falls as precipitation and then what comes on the other side is dry so there are spots in haiti that are are quite dry and there are parts in the, so in Aruba and Tortuga and and some of the, some of these other islands in the very south, Curacao that are yeah they they got cactus they're dry, it's because of the trade winds and the way that it blows and the fact that the wind coming off the South American continent is hotter, and there are um, cool water upwellings in the Southern Caribbean. So it just creates these little microclimates where you've got deserty landscape. Kind of interesting. Caribbean deserts. Yes. <clears throat> That's really interesting. I, and I know. Just as a parting fact, um, anyone care to guess the most populous island in the Caribbean? Jamaica. That would be nope. my or, I should say, sorry, I should say most populous nation in the Caribbean. Trinidad right. and Tobago. <laughs> Don't know. Nice. Haiti, um, which surprised I, me to learn. I should have guessed Haiti. That's right. You should always guess Haiti. This is um, large. It was also the only nation to be formed as a result as a result of a slave uprising, which is kind of cool. But um, anyways, yeah. Okay, that's probably. Oh. Okay, sorry, I'm going to give the rest of my facts because I had another one that I want to share. But this one we have to go to the Mediterranean for. So, we got, look. we got to come back around, Tim. You can't just, like, take oh, everyone's. Okay. All right, I'll say I'll, I'll, a, little, a little teaser then. I'll just say, if you've got a map open, look at the coastline of Croatia. Okay, more to come. <laughs> what a teaser. You know? Normal right. rules this podcast with an iron fist. <laughs> <laughs> I say rule or ruin. I don't know. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> uh, um, we we both share the responsibility of whatever this thing is. Um, That's right. I don't accept that. <laughs> <laughs> I said both. I meant me and Tim. Johnny and, oh, and Matt generally allowed. don't claim membership in this anyway. So Johnny Carlos, still hasn't told any of his up. family members. <laughs> We're what you call accessories. <laughs> okay um i'm embarrassed by my friends <laughs> <laughs> as well you should be as well you'll be more embarrassed after this podcast um 
Okay, Tim already got us kind of going international. I'm going to take us more back to the United States, but this has international implications. Um, so I had an international trip this last a, a few months ago where I ended up flying through Paris. I ended up in Paris for a couple of days as well, but just casually um, bragging about his international trips to Paris. These are infrequent. I had a and trip I, where I ended up in Buckeye. <laughs> Buckeye? What? <laughs> okay. Sorry, just trying to bring it back down to layman level. Yeah. Well, uh, I think I, 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 as a layman, as flying, you know, budget airlines and things like that, we're flying on the low man airline on the totem pole. And so we get into Paris. Well, actually, it's the morning that we're supposed to fly out. We're flying from Southern California to uh, uh, France. And I get an email saying, uh, due to the uh, strike in Paris of the... Um, air traffic controllers uh flights are being canceled your flight has been canceled good luck <laughs> and uh it was a pretty unfortunate email to get the morning that you're planning on leaving on a long, uh, a trip um things ended up working out but long the the point of the the fact of, the, of this is i found out as a result of that that um so the the whole french strike and, and uh, relationships of air traffic controllers to the government in France, I don't know a significant amount, so I'm not going to speak to it. But I, I uh, subsequently have talked to air traffic controllers in the United States, and one I spoke to earlier this week uh, kind of gave me the lowdown on what uh, the situation is in the United States with air traffic control, and um, it's it's not great. Uh, this uh, friend of mine who's currently working in the field said that... Um, he routinely works um, six six work day, uh, six days a week, uh, average of somewhere between fifty and fifty five hours a week, um, and he doesn't have the option to say no. Uh, it's not like he's opting into this. This is just what you get when you're an air traffic controller in the United States. Is what I was. I don't know that it are uh, different areas of the country are maybe a little bit better, a little bit worse. But at least in Southern California, a very populous areas, um, it's pretty wild. Um, and as a result of the 1981 strike in the United States of air traffic controllers, where President Reagan ended up firing uh, and the FFA fired a lot of air traffic controllers and made it illegal to strike. Uh, air traffic controllers nowadays have a union kind of, uh, but they don't have the ability to strike because uh, nationally it's not allowed, uh, federally not, not uh, it's illegal. And so as the, such, the government, while they, they make a good amount of money. My, my friend was not complaining about the amount of money that he makes. It's just the lifestyle is truly untenable because six uh, work six days a week working for 50 to 55 hours. He said some, you know, you're capped at 60, but um, it's it's wild. Uh, and this is my friend has, is a dad, got wife and kids. And uh, so it's just so hard to manage because you just one day a week and they tell you what day that's going to be. So I wasn't aware of the plight of our air traffic controllers uh, in the United States. So uh, you can thank your local air traffic controller when you uh, take off, wave and say thank you. All right, next fact, Johnny. Wow, that was kind of sobering. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, just well, trying to 
the part where he said 55 to 60 hours a week and i was like that sounds really nice <laughs> <laughs> little known fact doctors also work a lot but uh <laughs> <laughs> oh man i have no other facts johnny's factless um little known fact johnny uh dr johnny um has been uh working no johnny pediatrics um how long is residency let's make that the fact um residency for pediatrics is three years and residency is always after four years of medical school and if that doesn't sound bad enough how many tests do you have to take to become a doctor johnny outside after medical school when you think tests end um you take um well there's like some boards that you take during medical school but then there's like three or four tests that you take after and um they're very expensive like thousands of dollars to take and one of them is two days and it's like six hours each day of just testing that's fun Uh, yeah it sounds like a blast can we stop with the depressing facts and (laughs) all right let's go with a happy happy fact matt do you have more pirate facts I've got okay. I'm I'm gonna cut in. I've got okay. a another fun geography. I was on fact. mute. Oh, you. Uh, I'll I'll yield the floor if you want, Matt. Uh, yeah. I'll, it's I'll, I'll take a turn. Okay, so fluid moving through a pipe, like you know, water or whatever, oil in your car, gasoline through a fuel line, whatever. Um. What is the speed of the fluid that is touching the wall of the pipe? Well, it turns out that it's not dependent on pressure or anything like that. It's just zero. The speed of the fluid that is in direct contact with the wall of a pipe is always zero, and that's called a boundary layer. So if you're slurping soda up through your straw, be aware that there's a little bit of soda that is actually not moving at all, no matter how hard you slurp up that straw. Interesting. Now, me. Is... Oh, sorry, go brain. Sorry, my, mine's not like super relevant. Well, my, relevant maybe, but Tim, did you have an actual meaningful comment? Yeah, well, I was just going to ask, is that due to, I guess, is that like, um, I don't know, is that the hydrogen bond thing or or is that just straight fiction it is just the nature of fluids oh and we will discuss more about that when we do the basics of fluid dynamics which we'll never actually do but you know maybe we will someday yes uh yeah my comment was going to be that one of my pet peeves in life is like what i call the container tax which is anytime you put a substance that isn't just well, I mean, even, even water, but mostly a, you know, like your peanut butter and your, uh, you know, these substances where you end up losing a percentage of the thing that you purchased because it's in a container and you can't get everything out of these containers. I, I want my money back. You beg the difference. <laughs> yeah. So the, the fact of zero velocity um, around, uh, 
you know, some kind of pipe transporting a fluid as it translates to the amount of peanut butter that you can't retrieve from the jar only comes into play in the consciousness of your average layman if you're a massive tightwad. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's Tim, though. Tim, Tim's... You bet. And proud Tim's, of it. Uh, well, that was your... We had college shoot, uh, superhero names, and Tim was the tightwad, right? Or, anyway. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How many facts was that? Is that five or eight? Nine? Four, if you include five, the subpar six, facts, we're probably close to ten. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking Arguably of right, Tim, are you ready okay, go ahead, Tim. to do yes. yours? Yes, that's a perfect segue. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> All right, so did you know that... You are the, not ready. The letters in random fact can be rearranged to... To, to Voldemort. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, Carl. Can they be rearranged to ready up? <laughs> okay, craft nomad and um cart or card phantom and uh why are we still doing this i thought you had an actual fact okay well i'll give you an actual fact now before we um so go to the coastline of croatia and if you look closely and zoom in on the kind of about uh, three quarters of the way down southward towards Montenegro, you'll see that Bosnia and Herzegovina has this tiny little snippet of coastline that cuts the Croatian coastline. So if you were driving south on the Croatian coastline, you would leave Croatia for about, I don't know, three miles, drive through Bosnia and Herzegovina for a, the, those three miles, and then re-enter uh croatia and so it's like one of the world's shortest coastlines and it's just this weird bizarre thing um and i don't understand exactly why but i think it has to do something with like um like the history of the um colonization in that region of the world where the like the ottoman empire and the austro-hungarian empire and different things that would go on. So anyways, um, it, it turns out that legacies of colonization have left strange imprints in the national boundaries of countries all over the world. So kind of interesting. If you zoom in on maps, you start to see really weird things. Like where so, Timbuktu is, Tim? Yes, Timbuktu, which is clearly the capital of Alberta province in Canada. Oh, I thought that was your bank account. <laughs> We've derailed again, <laughs> which is <laughs> impressive that we're literally doing a podcast about random facts. <laughs> and, we, and we can't stay on task. Uh, yeah. yeah, well. So, okay. Bosnia-Herzegovina, I apologize. Bosnia-Herzegovina coastline. That is an interesting fact. All right, what have we got yeah. next? All right. Uh, mine's going to be about computer science. Um, I think we'll each share one more, and then we'll put the audience out of its misery. Um, wow. Grim. <laughs> uh, Just let Carl know in the comments where to send the care packages. 
Um, okay. Um, regular expressions. These are something that I don't think the layman knows much about. Um, and they should. And uh, so essentially, if you've gotten in a situation and uh, the place where you probably use these most often is uh, when you're searching for a word or a phrase, uh, maybe in a document, maybe online. Uh, generally, Google does the, this type of thing for you, but these can be way more powerful than what um, like if you're looking for the word um, mechanic and you also want mechanism. Um, something like that, or uh, if you want a particular phrase, um, like researchers previously discovered, but you also want researchers previously found, um, just different variations on something. Let's say you're looking for a particular phrase to quote in a, in a, a, a paper that you're writing. There are ways to search for those things in a very specific way. <clears throat> built into computers, computer syntax, and that's called a regular expression. A regular expression is a particular formalized language that allows you to <clears throat> um, essentially write which characters you want a search string to contain in the order that you want them to be in and to leave some out optionally or add more. And there's wildcards and all, all other variety. It's essentially a very powerful searching mechanism inside um, inside of text. And you'll find it in pretty much any, well, not browsers actually, browsers don't generally give you that type of uh, ability, but any document authoring tool like Microsoft Word, or I'd imagine they have it in Google, uh, Google Documents, things like that. <clears throat> you are, have some type of variation on a, what's called regular expression. And what that is also really good for is finding and replacing. So if you're finding something uh, and it's got different variations and you want to replace all of them with one particular term or phrase, uh, you can you can do that using regular expressions. So we, I'm not going to take the time right now to walk you through everything that a regular expression is, but a, an interesting fact is that this is something that a layman can pick up. It's not super difficult. There's just a little bit of syntax, but it's mostly just a way to say, I want this word or this word or this word followed by this word followed by any number of characters followed by a period. Um, and you can match that whole thing and say, I want to replace that all with this phrase. <clears throat> Um, you can use so. that on somebody's phone pretty easily. So whenever they try to text their mom, hi, mom, it says something absolutely crazy. <laughs> Regular expressions sometimes are embedded in software. Uh, very often in, in like formalized languages, you don't have a lot of uses for regular expressions because you have other software abilities. But <clears throat> that, yes, essentially, my short answer to that question is I could do that. Yes, I will. No, you, I think we've got April Fool's break. <laughs> what was that, Matt? Uh, we're assuming that the layman, when you say anyone can do this, it just takes some syntax. We're assuming that people know what the word syntax means. <laughs> yeah, that's where he was. <laughs> All right, well, I'm some just... Syntax and regular expression in the motherboard. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that was deep. Uh, yeah. I think... We lost a little bit when we went to motherboard, but um, yeah. Anyway, worth looking into if if you want, uh, you know, some basic uh, ability to like 
uh, you know, match. We've all run into situations like this before is what I'm saying. Okay. That's my somewhat interesting fact. All right. I've got now? Oscar mine. Okay. So I'm going to, this is for my, my beloved home state of Arizona. Did you know that the word Arizona actually is uh, the, I think there's some debate or discussion, but the, the most widely accepted theory is that the uh, name Arizona comes from a Native American language and it means little spring. So there you go. So, uh, and that spring is wild getting and crazy water. Arizona facts. That's Did right. you know that, that Arizona John? is widely recognized as a desert climate? <laughs> <laughs> We're breaking the barriers here. <laughs> uh, did you know that California has a coastline? Um, oh, oh, wait, wild and crazy fact. Guess what? The population of the metropolitan Tokyo area is only like two or three million less than the entire population of California. Wrap your brain around that. Wow. That's crazy. That's Yes, nuts. So did you know that Alaska is more than twice as big as Texas? So if they cut really? Alaska in half, then Texas would be the third largest state. Whoa. I'm not hating on Texas. I'm just saying everything might be better <laughs> than Alaska. I think that's healthy for Texans to hear. <laughs> okay, I actually have a couple of cool facts. One of them is about the language Finnish. So despite it being in Scandinavia, Finnish does not follow the grammatical. It, in fact, it's kind of like its own language. It's not anything like Russia, Russian, which, it, you know, Russia borders one side. It's not anything like Swedish, which, which Sweden borders the other side. Um, it's not anything like any of the other Scandinavian languages. It's most it's uh, most closely related to Hungarian, um, and they're both very very strange languages. So, and That's they both cool. it makes you sound very angry when you speak it. Like <laughs> that means I love you. <laughs> nice. All right, I like that one. Good. One. Except you just. I think we just lost our Hungarian and Finnish listeners. No, so. I love Finland. Where would we just be without saunas? Saunas. Finland is awesome. I'm I'm all about Finland. Really? Um, yeah, totally. But other facts about stuff and things. That is the uh, title of this podcast. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> okay. Um, ready for mine here? Yeah, shoot. Okay, if you put a satellite out in space, how much of the Earth, what's the maximum amount of terrain that that satellite can see uh, from out in space? Are you trying to elicit like I, half I guess the I'm globe? not saying this right. Uh, Three like quarters what, of the Earth. What's the maximum portion of the Earth that can be seen from a single satellite in space? My guess is half. Three That's quarters. Interesting. So he said three quarters. It's got to be less than half because you're going to have to, like the index of refraction of the atmosphere or something isn't going to allow you to see the whole thing. Okay, or, let's not get all scientific here, but okay. yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it has to be less than half. Imagine um, 
What, I, can I ask really quick why Tim thinks you could see three quarters? Does Tim believe the Earth is flat? I don't want to know. <laughs> well, if if you I have three quarters on the ground, that. that's actually not all that much. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, imagine uh, like if if you have a beach ball just right in front of you, and you put your eyeball right up to the beach ball. How much of the beach ball can you see? Only what's directly in front of you, right? Or yeah. only what's directly in front of your eye, and it's not going to be a very large portion of that ball. Now, if you move the beach ball away from your eye, you can see a larger and larger bit of the surface. But no matter how infinitely far you move that beach ball away from your eye, you'll never actually get up to the halfway point. Most that you can see from a single point is just under half. Mathematically, it has to be less than 0.5. Be really close to 0.5, but it has to be less than 0.5. So, uh -huh. well, crazy fact. Um, in general, satellites in low Earth orbit really can't see a whole lot, and that's where we put our imaging satellites. You know, for for, for Google Earth images and all that stuff, they're all pretty close to the earth only a couple hundred miles up that's like i mean that's that's having your eyeball a couple millimeters away from the surface of that beach ball that is a relative scale so maybe not millimeters but you know i mean it's it's very close so wild and crazy fact you can't see everything from space not even three quarters of it not even one half <laughs> Dang it. I know. I mean, if, if it was three quarters, I mean, we would. Uh, I don't even want to know how we it. got there. I, I just. I, I was thinking, actually, if you want to know what my reason I was thinking, like, as you in a full orbit, how much of the Earth would you take in and be able ah. to see? Like, not from one moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and okay. maybe I should have phrased that from, from a single point in space, you can see up to less than 0.5 okay. um, but yes uh, that is actually relatively why... yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know relatively we get around it by having satellites that do move around the earth in orbits as science dictates that they must so anyway Tim's crazy next stuff fact though will be related to some conspiracy theory that tim believes um <laughs> go ahead tim uh, did you know that the Earth is supported on the back of a turtle? <laughs> I think that I think I watched that movie recently. <laughs> That's right. That's an homage to Terry Pratchett. You should go read a Terry Pratchett book now. I'm Just probably world. not going to do that. <laughs> but that's okay. I thought you were talking about the movie Strange World. Oh, uh, I haven't seen that one, but is it is that happen in it? It's well, I just gave away the entire thing, so sorry, <laughs> Johnny. <laughs> There's your fun fact. <laughs> so one more okay. fun fact from me. Um, I think I've shared this before, but I always find it fascinating. The only thing that your brain that you have control over in your body that that you can actually control is your skeletal muscles. Your brain controls everything else automatically. Like 
how much your pupils constrict and how you digest your food and your heart rate and blood pressure and electrolyte balances, all that is like all done automatically. The only thing we control is the skeletal muscle and, and our thoughts sometimes if you don't have ADHD. Um, <laughs> so wait, are eyelids skeletal muscles then? Um, yeah, you have skeletal or muscles around your eyes that allows you to blink. Huh. But eyes are interesting because they're also controlled involuntarily, right? So is it kind of both for them? Some parts of the eye. So your eye movements are all done um, with skeletal muscle. Um, the constriction of the pupil and the, the focusing of the lens in the eye, that's all done automatically. Okay. That is a wild and crazy fact. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, like so you're it. basically just a mech that, like, your brain is controlling like a, a bone and muscle mech, <laughs> which is kind of weird. I think no, especially when you put it that way. <laughs> yeah. What was that about your personality, Tim? I said I've been told that my personality is like a mech. Uh, is that by your students? Because I don't think they know the word mech. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> okay. I'm going to uh, uh, finish this off with one more interesting fact. And this is just actually podcast information. So Ooh. despite our best efforts, and maybe this podcast will finally achieve uh, alienating all of our listeners, but we do have a fair number of listeners. And I wanted to give an update because I haven't done that in a long time. Um, we have oh, all 50 states that listen in every month. Um, I guess special thanks to California because they're our biggest listener. And that's where I'm but from. per so, capita, are they? That's a good question. No, I don't believe per capita. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's one but, listener. North Dakota, that's like a huge percentage per capita. <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually have North more Dakota. than one North Dakota. So that's North Dakota wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my favorite, I, and I've mentioned this before, we have a Tasmanian listener, at least one, maybe a couple Tasmanian listeners. Ooh. And I mean, I don't play favorites, but they're my favorite. So um, Tasmania is cool. Yeah. And Northern Territory, which is also just like an uninhabited area, almost uninhabited area in Australia. Yeah, someone listens to us there as well. So, um, what about the one in Canada? Is it or is that Northwestern Territory? Yeah, we still. Yeah, we're Northwestern Territories sometimes tune in. I think they um, try to avoid us though. And the Yukon Territory is the one area where we really have no no one at all. Maybe if we did a podcast on gold prospecting. <laughs> what would I, they I, have to learn from us? <laughs> I would listen to laugh at our, you know. I, I do specifically the German. So we have all of Germany, every province in Germany, every state in Germany would, uh, listens to us. Um, so that's impressive. Thank you all uh, Germans. Uh, Dang, that's a different language. Um, that's right. Hey, Johnny, nine. We have a large portion of Swedish listeners. Johnny. Very nice. 
Welcome. As to Switzerland, which you did definitely not mix up earlier today. <laughs> well, you know, SW something, something, something. Um, from <laughs> Sverige. Um, anyway, uh, just worldwide listeners, and it's really fun. We have uh, something like 15,000 followers on Spotify. So if you want to share this with someone, that's probably the place to do it just so they know that we actually do have listeners. Apple, Matt tries to offend Apple listeners every time he gets on. So, um, good habit. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, if you're going to self abuse yourself by using Apple products, nothing I can say is going to make a difference. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it's a worldwide podcast. Um, we uh, will have our next podcast is uh, currently scheduled to be uh, one about entrepreneur. We have an entrepreneur coming on. She has experience in art and uh, I'm turning that into a working business. So I uh, look forward to that. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back again next podcast. Thanks.